Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Wouldn't you want to be a creature that makes an everlasting imprint in someone's life? Think of a person that made an impression in your life. Was it a relative, teacher, coach, mentor, or friend? Was it a stranger? Do you have anyone that comes to mind? Who is it? How do they speak? What is their conduct? What is it about them that they are ingrained in the annals of your mind? Now, think of a person who's in sin's clutches, tangled in its snares. They are bound in anger, immorality, with no hope. A heart as hard as granite, living in total depravity. Then, by God's providential will, you and they meet. And the first thing you do is reach for your sword. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship, The Way of Life Resumed. Have you ever had someone say, I'm so glad we met? How does that make you feel when they say that? Does it strike the pride chord because of your personal perspective about yourself? Or the joy string because you know who you are in Christ? Do you think it was by chance or luck because many would say, I'm so lucky we met? But is it luck? Does luck really exist? I would testify the word luck ain't in the word of God. Believe that. Please understand, it's God's providential will being carried out in and through humanity. And luck, my fellow disciples, ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm telling you the truth. It's God through the Spirit's work that empowers us, like Him, that we too make a lasting impression in the lives of those in which our paths do cross. Our lives must represent more than one that's a casual acquaintance, but we see and interact with them often. God places specific people in our lives so we remain on task to be the disciple God has called us to be. Amen? And by being, you will make. So here's a simple truth. You be a disciple and you will make a disciple. God's will is being carried out every second of every day. The proof? Psalm 139.16. It says... Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as of yet there was one of them. Take a moment and meditate on this passage for just a bit, and I really recommend you make it a memory verse. It's a great reminder of God's providential will. Psalm 139.16 Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as of yet there was not one of them. Reflect on this. Elohim saw you when your mom and dad were in the womb of their moms. And it's the same thing with you and me. You didn't know I existed until we lived out that ordained day. Whenever I talk about Psalm 139.16 moments, and I have numerous events that come to mind, but there is one that tops my list, and that is my fellow disciple Jeffrey Omo, a pastor in Palissa, Uganda. I had the wonderful opportunity to travel to Uganda, Africa, 
And believe me, at that time in my walk as a disciple of Jesus, Africa was not on my radar. But nevertheless, God prepared the way. Little did I know what God had intended for Jeffrey and me. Before setting my foot on African soil, I had no idea Jeffrey existed. Yet, on the day ordained for me to speak, Jeffrey stepped forward and said, I will be his interpreter. And as a result of God's work that day and the rest of the days I remained there, Jeffrey continued to interpret as I spoke. Our relationship grew and continues to grow for now over 10 years. And although we are separated by thousands of miles, he is a disciple in my life and I am in his. Praise God. And all I can say is God is amazing. God puts life into motion because his power is full of life. Adonai is sovereign over all his creation. And when Yahweh makes moves, humanity can only look at him in awe, wonder, and amazement and worship him in the greatness of who he is. With the knowledge of God, disciples of Jesus recognize there is no such thing as a lucky event or day. It's all by God's providential, decretive, perceptive, dispositional, and permissive will that life comes into existence. So, may I ask, how many Psalm 139.16 moments have you had in your life? And when you are in beyond the usual moments, do you see any events as Psalm 139.16 moments and God at work in you? I pray after today you will see more of your encounters through a biblical view as God's will being carried out in you as his disciple versus a worldview. Man, I was lucky when... As God's relationship with you grows, God imparts to you an ability to understand his truths more deeply. You acquire more wisdom and knowledge as you learn by the work and power of God the Holy Spirit in your life. And I would venture to say, can I get an amen for the work and power of God the Holy Spirit in you? Let me testify that one of the most satisfying ongoing experiences, and I pray it lasts for eternity and it is only found in Jesus, is this intimate personal relationship with the great I am. And now I'm beginning to understand more and more each day why the initial disciples felt the way they did about God and how much they fully believed in him. God fulfills his disciples, excuse me, God fills his disciples with inexpressible joy because they realize it is God carrying out his will and work in and through their lives. God creates a unique spiritual condition producing active participants with the will of God coming alive and they are living it out every single day as he ordained it. Therefore, there is no need for any material thing produced in this world that would ever bring the kind of gratification and spiritual fulfillment that only comes in, through, and by God. Can I get an amen for God's will and ways being carried out in and through our lives today? 
When a disciple is called by God, there is a specific action that is to be carried out that come along with your new identity in Jesus Christ as his disciple. The first major noticeable transformation is you realize there is a difference between the old man and his ways and the new man and the expected ways that God says are to be coming into existence as you grow as his disciple and his planned purpose will be fulfilled in your life. And each day forward, you make a determined effort to put on this new man just as you put on the armor of God. One of the first points I recommend to you, and you should grasp onto it and place it in your heart, and that is, you are accountable to God the Father for doing his will the instant the Spirit of God takes up residence in your new spirit. Believe that. And discipleship is a key ingredient in the recipe of his will for the redemption of humanity. You must have a new spirit in order for you to walk the way Jesus did. Without God's spirit living and working in you, your efforts, although may be with good intentions, they are really only self-serving, they're in vain, and eternally unprofitable. Your life as a disciple of Jesus must be built on the certainty of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. These biblical truths are founded and formed on the rock in which you stand, and you are to live with this affirmation etched in your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. If you have a new spirit and a spirit of the only true God is living in you, then join me in praising God with unending gratitude for his love, mercy, and grace in providing you with a new heart and a new spirit. And his spirit is now carrying out the will of the Father in you. So now that you have these new changes in your spiritual existence, what are you to do with them? Well, listen to Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The short truth, it's not for you to keep this new life to yourself. God gave you this wonderful treasure to share. You are to use it to improve, refine, polish, build up, and encourage other disciples. And when you are led to, or God brings you a dull piece of iron into your existence, you are to get to work on sharpening it. God intends for his disciples to not only be discipled, but also to disciple each other. The truth, who you interact with will influence you more than you think or even realize. Let me say that again. Who you interact with will influence you more than you think or even realize. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Do I need to say any more than what God has said? I don't think so. You must have other disciples intertwined in your life. And when you do, you'll experience valuable conversations that move into various aspects of your life. You should expect and show full authenticity.
thus generating a genuine deepening of your relationships that penetrate below the surface. There are a healthy discussions of God's word relating to his truths, promises, will, and ways. Dialogue that's reliable, truthful, consistent, and are held in the strictest confidence and the joy and happiness it brings to each disciple when the work of God, the Holy Spirit, is on display and recognized. This godly influence supports the disciple in maintaining the spiritual path leading to eternal life, which is carried out in their everyday lives, experiences, and encounters. God places disciples in your life for you as accountability companions to walk in the Spirit to influence you, be it in the better or worse circumstances, struggles, or trials. There is a genuine attempt to sharpen each other, another, and yourself. Do you have one? Are you one to someone else? If you don't have one, believe me, you will need one. And if you are in need of one, then I recommend you pray and ask God to send you one. You might be listening now because God is preparing one for you. Amen? I will ask on your behalf today, you can count on that, because you will either have them or you will walk alone. But I must warn you, please beware. The incessant danger of an attempt to take on spiritual warfare alone is a disaster for you waiting to happen. Listen to what God says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. I don't know about you, but I need disciples in my life. Do you have a fellow disciple in your life that will, without contemplation, be there for you in the event or case you fall? Can you reach out at any time and they are there to lift you up? I know I do, and I know they know that I am there for them as well. Because if you go out into this world alone, you will face defeat more than victory in your struggle against spiritual warfare and the sinful desires of your flesh. Please understand, God does say, falling alone brings woe. Woe is anguish, grief, distress, sadness, despair, and misery. Maybe it's time you look to the disciples around that God has placed in your life. Stop. Wherever you are, turn around and seek them out. Remember, it doesn't matter if you have a disciple in your life or not. Expect the enemy, who is the trapper, to set those snares because they're designed to capture you and get you off track in the work you need to do as a disciple. And if you're attempting to go at it alone, you heard what God said. Do you believe him? Authentic disciple relationships are both physical and spiritual. The physical is the face-to-face -face interaction. 
and it involves your time. God designed it to assist you in building solid Christ-like attributes and behaviors. The spiritual is where God, through his spirit, cultivates his word and truths in the heart and mind of each disciple. This is where you sharpen each other and God's word comes alive in you. You both grow in truth, knowledge, understanding, and discernment. As you develop and mature as a disciple, your mind is continually being renewed and transformed. You see and realize the significant changes in your perspective, and it's from a worldview to a biblical one. This work of God causes profound changes from your inside outward. You continue to develop your spirituality in your relationship with God and others, but it's the Spirit of God that develops you. So you then become a useful instrument or vessel the Spirit uses to touch the lives of those God leads you to or He brings to you. You want proof? Here's your proof. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who has work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The short truth, God is at work. Do you think God's work came through osmosis from your parents? No, it was God. What about those who were not from a quote-unquote Christian home? Yet it was God at work. What about a person who never went to church before God saved them, gave them a new spirit, and put his spirit in them? Well, it must not have been church. They were never there. No, it's God. How else do you think you've acquired these attributes of God? It was, is, and will always be God doing the work. God's work through his love and grace causes his disciples to move from sedentary to active. Are you moving? God's work can change a narcissist to an externally focused disciple. All that you accomplish is reliant upon God's working in and through you. And you are far from a puppet or a pawn. You move out of love for God because you see his love, beauty, and majesty. And the mercy and grace he has shown you, you enthusiastically await your next assignment for the mission of kingdom work. And his will is carried out in the lives of his disciples that brings him pleasure to see their lives perk up like a new plant breaking through the soil, yearning for the light and energy from the sun. What a great privilege to know that God provides the necessary tools and the means for each of his disciples to be prosperous in their kingdom work for his redemptive plan and purpose for humanity. I do often wonder, though, with God's word being so rich, so informative, trusted above any other manuscript, you know, it's the basic instruction before leaving earth, you know it as the B-I-B-L-E, and it's the only means and opportunity to see and know that God reveals his love, sovereignty, holiness, justice, mercy, compassion, goodness, grace, power, character and nature, just to name a few, then why 
Would any of Jesus' disciples use anything other than the sword of the Spirit to carry out their role in the mission for Jesus' great commission? Don't you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, It is written, Well, I believe Jesus' message to all his disciples is, Use my words, because they were written in love, and love never fails. Listen to what God says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. So, when God says all, he means all. That, my fellow disciples, is from the old and the new. All of his words are just that, all of his words. Faithful disciples of Jesus do not admit any of God's word in their work as his disciple. And when his disciples use his words, they are advantageous, beneficial, rewarding, useful, and helpful as you walk on this path of life. They will give you the ability to educate, instruct, and coach. You will be capable, competent, and proficient to caution, inform, and counsel. Discipling with confidence in identifying areas for improvement or adjustment in one's conduct. Guiding a new disciple and those who are mature in their walk to continue walking in the righteousness only found in Jesus. And as his disciple, you will be sufficient and prepared, armed and outfitted with his armor to complete every single undertaking that God designs for you. As we head back up, take this with you. It was God, is God, and will always be God doing the work in his disciples and humanity. Your intimate relationship with others is a direct reflection of your intimate relationship with God. How does yours look? You will recognize disciples of Jesus because you will always see the sword of the Spirit. There is real importance and need for disciples of Jesus in your life. Regardless of what you may see in the commercials, it's not an army of one. Use God's words more than your own. I need you to consider this and then do it if you believe. Go to the page that has Old Testament on it and underneath it write window. And where you see it says New Testament, write the word door. The Old Testament allows you to peer into. The New Testament allows you to enter. They both apply to your life as a disciple of Jesus. Believe that. The representation of your faith in God is how you walk by the Spirit. You don't need to wear a sign because of it's how you walk, talk, and live as a disciple of Jesus that does all the talking for you. Are you being and making disciples? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 28:19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, 
even to the end of the age. Can you guess where we'll be in our next Godcast? I'll give you a hint. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I ask that you send a disciple to those in need of one today. Someone that really needs someone there to walk with them, to help them see your love, your faithfulness, your majesty, your goodness, your redemptive power. And Lord, I thank you that you've given me today to continue to express the truth of who you are, that you would light a fire in those that need to be moving, proclaiming the truth of who you are. And thank you for today and ask that in Jesus' name, amen. I normally don't do this, but I will today. I, if you're interested in hearing my story of grace and how God has, is, and will be working in my life, go to walkingaway.com. I would love to hear from you. Drop me a note if you're inspired to do so. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.